welcome to Beyond the Fairy Tale. This is episode one. In episode one, we're going to be talking a little bit how I ended up on reality TV, looking for love, childhood trauma, a bit of my spiritual side, and a bit of the journey before and after the show. So guys, welcome, welcome. We finally made it to episode one. I am so pumped because all of you people listening and responding to me from my intro episode, pumping me up and just telling me how proud of myself I should be. Honestly, all your words mean so much to me and it's helping me so much in this journey. I almost feel like I am getting a part of healing through this journey, like having all this positive feedback and all these people, whether they're friends, family or just complete strangers giving me all this positive feedback and telling me how good I am and how worthy I am and all the things that I didn't believe about myself, which I am starting to believe about myself for myself, but then to have outsiders looking in and telling me how proud they are of me, it's just, it's unreal. And yeah, I just want to thank everyone who's on this journey with me, who's listening here today for all your support and yeah. So let's get stuck into episode one and we're going to talk about how I ended up on reality TV looking for love. Honestly, who goes there for love? No, but seriously, people have found love on reality TV and I'm a big believer in people are put into your life for a reason and opportunities open up to you for a reason and I think... That's why there's been successful love stories off these TV shows because, not because of the environment, but because I think those people were always meant to meet. Those souls were always meant to meet. Those souls were always meant to cross paths. And it sometimes is on reality TV. Obviously, it wasn't for me. I wasn't, I didn't go there looking for love and I did not find love. But. I did land myself on reality TV, which never in my life did I ever think I would end up on reality TV. I actually used to watch the show I was on when I was little. I used to watch the show religiously with my stepmom, but I never thought I'd be on the show. I never thought, oh my God, I want to be on TV one day, like... It was just one of those things. I enjoyed watching it, but never, yeah, it was never like a goal or uh, something I wanted to achieve, but I did end up on TV very strangely, but it all came down to, like I said, being friends with the right people. I think it was a part of my life path. I was always meant to go on TV. The universe puts you in situations for a particular reason, and I can see to this day why. I went on reality TV. I definitely was on there to meet certain people who I've connected with, who I'm still friends with now, who have connected me with people who have helped me to get me through this journey I'm on and speaking confidently on this podcast. So yeah, let's get into how the hell that happened. So if we're going back a few years ago, I used to be friends with a girl who'd been on reality TV herself and I guess through being friends with her because she was on reality TV, it put her in 
group circles of others who'd been on reality TV, which turned into obviously me being her friend, me meeting people like that. So I sort of got connected with all these people um, who'd been on TV shows and I'd actually connected quite strongly with one. And that's the whole reason why I sort of ended up on TV was because I made friends with this girl and she invited me over one day and said, you know, come on over. My friend and I are having some wines and she's going to apply for The Bachelor. So for any of you who don't know, I did go on a TV show called The Bachelor. It's where multiple women fight for the love of a man and I landed myself on there. So I've gone to this friend's house, gone to have a few wines with them and just help her friend apply for this show. Little did I know I was going to get offered. Oh my God, I just realized I wasn't recording. Camera recording. Sorry, guys. Little did I know that I'd be applying that day. I went there just for a wine and some company and... Next thing I know, they're like, why don't you apply? And I'm like, why would I apply? And obviously those subconscious belief systems were there going, you're not good enough for something like this. They wouldn't want you. Don't do something. Don't apply for something like this. You're not good enough. They're the little stories I used to tell myself. So I had those little stories playing out and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to apply. That's that's not for me. And then they said, well, what do you got to lose? You're single. Like, what are you doing? You might as well. Who cares if you get in or you don't? So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm doing it. So I went through all these questions. I can't really remember to this day what they were, but you have to, the, the application process is you apply online. There's a series of questions and you answer it. However, you know, feels right to you. Um, so I've answered these questions and honestly, I remember I was just writing the stupidest stuff because I didn't think I was good enough to go on and I didn't care if I got on. I was kind of like, I'll just write stupid stuff. Like I'll be silly with it. Like who cares? So I was being really silly with it from what I remember, just writing really silly answers. And then it got to the end of the process and you meant to do like a little video of yourself. So I wasn't going to do the video then and there that day. So I was just like, look, I'll do the video another day. I I don't want to do it today. Um, So I submitted the questions and answers, but I didn't submit the video. And then I think a few days went past and I was like, no, I'm not going to submit the video. I can't be bothered. And then my friend was like amping me up. She's like, you need to submit the video. You need to submit the video. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So I just whipped out my phone, put it on selfie mode. And I was like, Nicole but all my friends call me noodles and I was like just talking absolute shit and little did I know a few days later I'd get a phone call hi it's channel 10 one of the publicists or whoever called me we really liked what you wrote we really liked your video we really want to meet you we'll send you all the stuff through blah 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 blah. and I'm sitting here going um is this for real like did this just happen So, yeah, that's a little bit about how I ended up on a TV show. It was all a bit of right place, right time, right friends, the universe pushing me into friendships to open particular doors, and next thing you know, I'm on a TV show. Sorry, and I just realized before I said publicist, 
but I think it would have been production that would have called. I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure production, not publicist. So yes, I landed myself on TV, which is such a strange thing to say still to this day. And I think it's been like five years since I've been on there, but it is a very strange thing to say. Like, yes, I've been on TV. <laughs> and yeah, the um, friendship connections I'm talking about. So at the start of filming, I wasn't really close with Ellie, but towards the end we got closer and I left before her and I felt really connected to her. So funnily enough, speaking of, I guess, spiritual paths and like I said at the start of the episode, I'm going to touch on my spiritual side, my intuitive side, which came out a lot during filming because there was a lot of time... I guess, away from the reality of the world that we live in. Um, you know, I wasn't working. I wasn't constantly busy. My mind wasn't constantly, you know, caught up in the day-to-day hustle of life. Whereas when you're filming a TV show, you're not always filming, obviously. So there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of time by yourself. Um, well, not, you know, not always by yourself in my instance because there was a lot of women and crew and production in the house at times but we did have our down days so I'm pretty sure it was Sundays we had off the girls would get their fake tans and we'd have like a full rest day and in those times I used to find myself which was so funny because I never realized this about myself until going on tv I found myself pulling myself away from everyone And wanting to be alone, which for me was interesting because prior to the show, I was quite the social light. So when I wasn't working, I was always trying to catch up with friends, always trying to go out and do something like whether it be the beach, whether it be a hike, whether it be, you know, out partying, whatever. I always tried to keep quite social and I didn't spend a lot of time at home. So to go into a situation with lots of girls and lots of people you can sort of connect with and have fun with and be social with I found on the off days I was going for these massive walks by myself because we were on a big block of land you see so I used to take walks around the block of land and I used to find myself either going by myself or with Sagan so Sagan was probably one of the girls I was closest to in the house um I used to go on walks with her and then if I'd ever disappear (laughs) She'd play this game. It was almost like hide and seek. And she'd go, she'd go, I'd go looking for you because you'd always find you hiding in little places by yourself. Because I used to, that's what I used to do. I used to just go off by myself and I'd find either go on a walk or go on a little hidden spot and have a cup of tea and just be by myself with my thoughts. And that's where a lot of my intuition came out that I didn't realize, you know, I had. I always knew I was spiritual from a young age and I always knew like, I seen things and heard things, but I didn't truly believe they were what they were. And then on the show during off, you know, off time of not filming, these things would come to me. And one of the people I ended up being really strongly connected with was Ellie. And anyway, post the show, I've left, she's still on. And I know joke. I wish I could find them. I probably still have them somewhere in my hard drive or on the cloud or whatever. I 
knew Ellie had left or I knew something was going on with her. And we have texts where I've texted again being like, I can smell Ellie in my bedroom. Like I can smell her perfume so strong. There is something going on with Ellie. And we knew that there was an eviction that night, but we don't know what's going on in the house. So once you leave, you have no idea what's going on. You don't know who's left. You don't know anything until they get, you know, back into reception, get their phones given back to them and they can contact you and say, hey, I've left the show. So that's the only, if you've left the house, it's the only way you know if someone's left the show. So if you're still in there and you're still filming, yes, you find out who's left because you're there. But I had already left the house. So I was double eviction with Mary. And yeah, I sent a text to us again. I said, oh, I can smell her perfume in my room. This is so random. There's something going on. And no joke, I can't remember if it was that night or the next morning, we got a text from Ellie and she was like, I'm out. And I was like, I knew there was something going on with her. I could smell her in my room. So it was as if I like, you know, had this sixth sense or this intu- intuitive um, message that came through to say like Ellie's left the house because I smelt her perfume in my room randomly, which is one of the things that happened with me. I get smells of things that can send- deliver me a message or yeah. And speaking of phones, that was another reason um, why I had a lot of time, obviously, by myself away from the noise. We didn't have our mobile phones on us. We weren't allowed. So we weren't allowed to go outside the premises. We were only allowed Netflix and we weren't allowed our phones. So we got a five-minute phone call with a family member once a fortnight. I'm pretty sure it was a fortnight. It was either a fortnight or a week. I can't remember. Five-minute phone call, we were not allowed to talk about what was going on during filming. It was just, it had to be very brief, very much, you could ask them questions, what's going on with their life. You couldn't tell them so much about what was going on inside for you. So that was another big reason why I got more in touch with my spiritual side, because I had no distractions. Like I was just there with my thoughts and I was able to really get in touch with them. Um... And especially with those walks on the grounds because I was in nature. And I feel like when you're in nature, away from, you know, technology and all the crap, that really helps bring out your intuitive guidance. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me and my intuition. I won't go too deep into it on this episode because I am still still learning about it. I'm still discovering it. I know that I'm quite intuitive and I know that I'm very in touch with all that stuff, but I also am still learning on how to work with it and how to use my abilities and yeah, how to be more in touch with it. So like I was saying before, um, I got closer to Ellie towards the ending of filming and it's quite cool now to look at where we both are and what we're both doing and how we're on a a similar path and I was always very connected with her spiritually and I could always I always gained like um, intuitive messages for her even post the show and things like that and um, the whole reason I'm pretty well here filming today um, is because of you know being friends with her actually got me in touch with other people who also are podcasters and they've now become my friends and that's how I was led to 
pretty much having the confidence in doing this. Like, yeah, it's just crazy how like someone I met four to five years ago has played such a role in my journey and she's on a similar journey, which is, it's just very cool. I think people are in our life for a reason and it's either that they bring you like a lesson or a teaching or yeah, I think there's a saying out there. It's like, you know, it's a lesson or a blessing, but yeah, there's some sort of saying, but there's people in your life and it's either to, yeah, to teach you, to trigger you, to level you up, to help you on the path you're on. So yeah, it's really cool now that we're both on a very similar journey and through her, I've met certain people who've helped pump me up and people who I've actually, I look up to and get a lot of information from just from their podcast. So yeah, it's just such a cool thing. I love how the universe works. I love how, I love analyzing my life and looking back and going, I know why this friendship ended or I know why I'm friends with this person. Like I can look back at my past and go, I know why that friendship broke down. I can see why we're not meant to be friends anymore because I feel like, well, not I feel like, but from what I have learned, it is. it used to be what I feel like. I used to feel like, yes, people are put in your life for a reason. But now from a lot of the, the stuff I'm researching and the stuff I, I hear about and I believe in is, you know, these soul contracts we have. You know, we choose our life before we come here and we have these contracts with people and it's like, you know, yep, you come into my life at 14 years old and do this and this is how I'm going to learn this lesson, you know, and then they either don't stay with you for the rest of the, you know, your existence because that contract ended there. So I think it's a very cool thing and that's what I believe in. You don't have to believe in it, but that's what I believe in. So another thing, you know, that comes with reality TV for some people is some sort of fame. And I feel like... I used to think, you know, I definitely dabbled in a bit of the influencer stuff, but I didn't really wholeheartedly chase it. And I've been analyzing that recently, knowing that I'm going to talk about this today. And I think a part of me not chasing the influencer stuff was actually more my deep-seated subconscious belief that I wasn't worthy, not because you know, not because I didn't think, oh, I'm not that type of person. Like I used to think it was just because, you know, that's not me. That's not the type of lifestyle I want. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I never used to want to do that. But I actually think that was like a subconscious pattern playing out of me not feeling worthy. I feel like, pardon me, I feel like it was more me thinking I'm not good enough for the spotlight. I'm not good enough to be popular. And that comes down to a bit of my childhood trauma. So what I learned in therapy is when I was a little girl, I felt, and mind you, this is a child's mind. This isn't an adult's mind. This is a child's mind. So as a child, 
the way you perceive the world and the way you perceive things that happen to you are so different to how you perceive them as adults. And as a child, I perceived, you know, I had a alcoholic parent. So my mum was an alcoholic and very abusive. My dad left when I was six, so they broke up and he moved out when I was six. And when he moved out, my sister moved bedrooms. So all this stuff and all this change happening to a five turning six year old little girl. And I'd just like to add my dad, when he left, he didn't leave abandon us children with an alcoholic parent. He separated from his wife and left a toxic environment. So yeah, no, no hard feelings on my dad. He is the most incredible human and he is literally the only person in my life who's always been there for me. So yeah, my dad's always been my rock. Just obviously the way you perceive things as a child is quite different to an adult. And as a child, I may have perceived him separating from mum as a form of abandonment. But, you know, as an adult, I can see that there's no issue in why he left. And he did fight for us. He did fight to get custody. But back in the day, if not still now, um, you know, Back in the day, the, the mum was the sole carer and it was really hard for men to get custody of children. Even though my mum was an alcoholic, uh, dad was told by his lawyers that he stood no chance. So he was told, you know, you're wasting your money because you're not going to get any custody and you might as well just wait till they're old enough to make the decision on their own to come back to you. So yeah, and he's still been a part of our lives and like I said, he has been my biggest supporter and my rock through all of the times I went through as a child. Dad was my hero and yeah, so we always got to see him. Mum let us see him every second weekend. There was a mediation order put in place. So yeah, he still was there. He still supported us. It was just, yeah, at that time, my the child me probably felt abandoned by everyone around me. So From what I learned in therapy through my therapist was that as a little girl, I felt that I wasn't good enough for anyone. My sister didn't want to share a bedroom or hang out with me anymore because she didn't want to play with me anymore. She had her own bedroom. She was at an age where she was getting quite independent and doing her own thing and she didn't want her annoying little sister hanging around. So I felt like my sister didn't want a bar of me. Dad's moved away. He doesn't want me. And obviously your mum being an alcoholic, choosing alcohol and drinking and abuse over loving you, you just feel not good enough. So those things that happened in my childhood have sort of been stuck in my subconscious and it's been a belief system of mine carried out until now. And it, it's still there. It still shows up. It's not gone. I'm aware of it now and I'm trying to change that, but it's there. And that has been a big uh, awakening for me with going to therapy and sort of realizing I carried this subconscious belief through my life down to the little things that happened as a child. 
it's really opened my eyes up to how important it is to love my own child and really support her and nurture her and make sure she knows that she can do whatever she wants and she is worthy because that's something I didn't get as a kid and it's carried through until now. So that's a big part of why I'm doing this too is I want to prove to her and show to her that no matter what, you can do whatever you put your mind to and that you are worthy and you are enough and yeah so I have unlocked that that belief system that I have from my childhood that has carried through till now and I'm not going to play a victim of my childhood because I'm not a victim I don't want to have the victim mindset so a lot of my friends who are coaches and podcasters talk about not having the victim mindset it's about you know acknowledging that inner child and nurturing them yourself and I'm now trying to nurture that inner child in me but yeah that definitely that not feeling worthy not feeling good enough it has played out in so many instances in my life and I reckon that is one of them you know when I left the show I had all these opportunities arise but I used to turn a lot down and I think it was more because I had this belief system that I, I'm not good enough to be in the spotlight. I need to stay in the corner, be quiet and not be seen because that's where I deserve to be. And that was a subconscious belief from childhood because I believed that I wasn't worthy. I wasn't smart. I wasn't good enough. And I feel like that's why I didn't chase that influencer life post-show. I was happy in my job. I was safe. It was the normal I knew that it brought in money. I knew it's what I knew. I knew how to make coffee. So I was in the hospitality industry for probably 10 years of my life and I got stuck there. And I knew deep down I didn't want to do it. I knew I didn't love it. Like I loved my customers. I loved my job, yes. But I knew it's not what I wanted to do my whole life. But I also didn't think I could achieve better. I never thought I could do better than just being a barista. I thought... I wanted to try, I want to, and I'd occasionally, I'd go on job seek and I'd look at different jobs like admin roles and things like that and it'd be like, oh, you need four years experience. So I'd be like, well, how am I ever going to get out of the coffee industry? I have no experience. I left school at the start of year 12 and I worked full time in coffee from that age onwards until the TV show and after. And I was like, how am I ever supposed to get out? How am I ever going to get out? I'm stuck. I've got no experience in anything other than coffee. Like this is my life. And I put myself in this little safety bubble, as my therapist would call it, where I felt protected. I felt like I'm not being looked at. I'm not being seen. I'm just a barista. I make money. It's safe. I know I'm good at it. I know I can get jobs whenever I want. But is it fulfilling me deep down? It wasn't. And I know now that that job was not where I was meant to go. I never wanted to run a coffee shop one day. I never wanted my own cafe. I honestly couldn't wait for an opportunity to arise for me to get out. But that's it. I was just sitting back waiting for an opportunity to come instead of going for it myself. I just was waiting. I was just thinking one day a door's going to open. And then the bachelor door opened. And it was like, here's an opportunity, Nicole. Here's an opportunity. You can get some success. Like I probably could have got some sort of success from it. How have I actually tried and believed in myself and gone, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to 
be a public speaker. I'm going to go be an influencer. I'm going to make money just bloody taking photos, you know? But yeah, I didn't have that belief in myself. And, but I am glad that everything's happened the way it has, because if it hadn't, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have learned the things I've learned. I think I was meant to go through everything I was meant to in order for me to get to this place where I am today, learning the the things I am about myself. And touching on the the stuff I've learned in therapy with these limiting beliefs, um, the whole influencer thing, from what I learned in therapy, I actually have this major fear and anxiety around success. So me being successful brings me anxiety, which is, you know, really fucked up when you think about it. (laughs) And when my therapist unlocked it with me, I was kind of like, why? I don't understand. Like, why am I scared of being successful? And I honestly, I still haven't really uncovered what it is I'm fearful of with the success, with being in the spotlight. And I mean, now the only reason I want to be successful in any way, shape or form is only to help others. So my big thing is if I can reach as many people as possible and help as many people as possible, that excites me. That's something I'm passionate about not to just be seen it's to to help others and the more people you reach the better because I think the journey I'm on and the journey some of my friends are on and the the lives they're changing like I'm watching my friends change people's lives and really and change my own life just from being their friend and them being coaches to other people and podcasters and etc they're they're really changing people's lives for the better and I would absolutely love to do the same thing that's all I want to do here is help people with my story and help them uncover their limiting beliefs and yeah I think I'll have to wrap this up wrap yes I'll have to wrap this episode up because we are where are we we're at 28 minutes and I think most people are Typically in a half an hour drive, if they are listening to a podcast, you're generally driving. Well, I'm generally doing it in the car. So I'm going to cap this at the 30 minute mark. But I think episode two, we will dive a bit more into therapy, I think. My therapist, my therapy sessions, which I have not finished because, well, I think therapy plays a important role in your healing, yes, if you get the right therapist. But I don't think, for me personally, I didn't finish. I had 10 sessions booked. I did not finish them all. Um, I felt that they helped me uncover the trauma that was there. They helped me figure it out. But they didn't help me change my mindset. They didn't give me any tools to help with the problem so a lot of that stuff I've had to learn myself through listening to other people's podcasts and certain friends I've made along the way but yeah I didn't realize something as simple as daily affirmations things you say out loud to the universe and to yourself telling yourself every day out loud 
I can do this. I am worthy. I can be successful. I am amazing. You know, all these things. You can write a list down or you could listen to a Spotify playlist, which is what I do. This morning before I recorded, I went and went to gym, finished gym, and then I sat out the back and found a daily affirmations meditation playlist on Spotify, 12 minutes, and did that today. And I want to try to do that most days if I can or when I can. It's hard with Bodie, my daughter, but she's two and a half, almost three. So it's really hard with the toddler to do those things. But I want to try get her involved as well and get her to do it as well. But I have quite the busy child, especially in the mornings. Um, she doesn't like to sit still and do daily affirmations. But hey, we'll do it every day and we'll keep trying. So yeah, they're the little things I've learned that can really help change and navigate this positive mindset and get rid of those limiting beliefs that may be deeply seated within the brain. Um, we're in the subconscious but yeah we'll touch more on my therapy my time in therapy in the next episode and thank you all for again supporting me and being here and I hope you enjoyed uh, episode one yay we did it episode one is finished